재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Okay, it is now time for our News Digest segment. We're going to get some analysis on some of the top stories of the past week. And to help us out with this, uh, once again, our good friend from Asan Institute for Policy Studies, research fellow Dr. Kim Ji-yoon. Dr. Kim, a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much Welcome for joining us. Welcome to be here. Let's talk politics first. The opposition is in disarray. Some mm-hmm. interesting developments this week, though. Uh, the former NPD, NPAD, now known as the Minju Party of Korea, uh, I guess recruited a pretty big fish. Uh, Kim Jong Un, mm-hmm. uh, Kim Jong Un uh, yes. is going to be heading their uh, election campaign, and Moon Jae-in saying that, look, once everything's set, we're going to, um, I'm going to step down from the leadership position. First, your thoughts on the uh, recruitment of Kim Jong Un, uh, the father of economic democracy, I suppose uh, we can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like a very, very uh, key acquisition for uh, mm-hmm. the Minju Party. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be any backlash? Well, first, at first glance, I think it doesn't look like that. Uh, well, talk to Kim Jong Un. He's a pretty well-known uh, economic scholar, and he was actually the one who created economic democratization, which was the, the big hit in the 2012 presidential election. Um, but I still have not figured out what that exactly means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he's a conservative in general, and he worked for President Park during the election campaign in 2012, but he's kind of considered to be a more of a moderate right, moderate right. conservative. And it is also really good for the Minjo Party because they demonstrate that, okay, we recruit economy expert, and we are ready to tackle the economic issues. And so far... They didn't really show that effort. So this is going to be a good demonstration to the public. And also, if you look at other people recruited by the Minju, I mean, this is a people in the old, you know, uh, creating all the key, uh, buzzword on the internet and online and new mass media and compare with the people in the People's Party and the Senri Party. So, um, and those are whole, whole, and mm. high profile people like Pyo Chang-won, Yang Yang-jai, Choi and Kim Jong-in, finally. So I think they're doing a pretty good job. It's it's amazing how it, just one week can kind of yeah. change the fortunes. That we, everyone thought, is this party going to die? Yeah, it also is collapse. <laughs> and then, they, as you say, this one recruitment, which kind of had a domino effect, um, it also resulted mm-hmm. in Park Young-sun, who, if she left, would have been devastating, right. uh, deciding to stay because right. of uh, uh, Kim Jong-in and her links to mm-hmm. her. And you say these big names that have decided to support the party. Uh, Chung Un-chan, I guess, yeah. also making the rounds with this as well. Very... Um, I, I guess a successful week for Moon Jae-in, who is the party chairman. Now he's mm-hmm. saying, look, maybe um, once we can get everything settled, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, I've been a bit divisive. I guess some people don't like the way I've been. I'm going to step down to enhance right. the party unity. Some polls have been showing that he's still a very viable presidential candidate yeah. as well. Uh, what do you think his future is? Well, I mean, before we talk about Mr. Moon Jae-in's presidential bid in the 2017, I mean, he has to show that he can win at least one election. Mm. So that's why the pre- uh, the general election in April is so important. And his announcement that he is willing to resign, and that is, I think, the aiming at recruiting Mr. Chen Zhongbei. Uh, some of you, pretty young people, probably do not really know about Mr. Chen Zhongbei, but he was the one who um, were behind the, uh, President Noh Moo-hyun when he was elected in 2002, and he was... Former Justice Minister, right? Right. And so... He, um, 
And also, he's the son of Honam region and very popular in there. Yeah. So if he joins to the Minju Party, then it means that he, uh, Moon Jae-in and the Minju Party can earn the Honam people's heart and also get some legitimacy there. Right. And so that would then, again, be a big coup because up till now with the uh, uh, defection, I guess we can call it, mm-hmm. of An Chol-su, him starting the People's right. Party, uh, a lot of it basically, and you thought, okay, An Chol-su, oh, fresh wave of politics, I'm going to reunite all the forces. Mm-hmm. But basically he's creating a new Tola party, essentially, right. That, right. from what we've seen so far. This exodus, is that going to uh, continue, you think? No, it has been slowed down a little bit already. Um, at first, answer suicide, um, they said, well, well, there should be no problem whatsoever having 20 National Assembly people in the party, which is the number required to form a, a negotiating bloc within the National Assembly. And they, some of them actually even said that, well, we can well over the 20, maybe 30. But it seems that they installed the number, has installed like around the 14, I guess. Um, so, as I said, and as you said, Ms. Park uh, Young-sun decided to leave, uh, decided to uh, remain the party, and which is a really, really big thing. So I think uh, the Minju Party is, amazingly enough, doing really good and recuperating pretty well. Right. And I, I guess uh, the theory, again, I've been saying is that... Uh Behind closed doors, you kind of wonder if the NPAD or now Minju Party kind of felt, look, it's okay for An Chol-su to leave. We need mm-hmm. to kind of clear out some of the bad blood here, <laughs> maybe even, even good riddance and let him try to do whatever he wants to do. But publicly saying, oh, we mm-hmm. need party unity and we need all that. Politically speaking, perhaps uh, the fortunes are changing. But again, when we get into the general elections, Senuri, mm-hmm. with their kind of uh, chronic and uh, always never changing, at least 40% base of support with the opposition split, um, the election, the dynamics of the general elections haven't really changed, right? No. And even though I said a lot of good things about the major party so far, but unless they figure out, I mean, the major party and interest new party, the People's Party, uh, unless they figure out how to coordinate uh, fielding the uh, candidates in the district, they're uh, going to be the vote split. Um, under the current Mr. Electoral System of Korea, a lot of uh, number of the seats are given to the first past the postal system tier, which means that it's very likely the anti-Senary voters are going to be split in the district. And you have to win Seoul, Gyeonggi, Chungcheong to win the election. Yes. Uh, and the Seoul and Gyeonggi area, there are a lot of numerous districts which is very competitive, even under two-race system. So if the, the race is a three-way race, then, well, there's no way for the opposition side to win. Right, uh, unless they do that whole kind of, I suppose, coalition thing, which right. has not worked in the past as well. Right. It's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens there. Let's talk about the government. They've been pushing for labor reforms for so long. The mm-hmm. president, almost every public statement she seems to have is basically, National Assembly, please pass these labor reform <laughs> bills. There's been this tripartite framework, mm-hmm. and this was supposed to include the government, business, and uh, unions to agree on a set of measures. Uh, the more, uh, everyone says, the more militant mm-hmm. uh, uh, KCTU, Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, has never been on board with mm-hmm. this. The more moderate, some people even might think the more conservative Federation of Korean Trade Unions has been kind of a, a, a key partner in this. That changed very uh, dramatically when they announced this week that they will now say they can't honor this agreement because of the government's, I suppose, bad faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that rejection of the tripartite agreement a big problem for the government? Well, I think so. I mean, because labor reform was the one that the president, uh, the high 
on the top of the list of the President Park's agenda. And she addressed the issue in the press conference this year and also the speech in the National Assembly last year. And she even vowed to pass the bill. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, and then she also somehow linked the labor reform with a youth unemployment issue. I don't know where the relationship is, but anyway, so it seems really, really, she's focusing on that issue. And it was probably the one she was really, really proud of because, you know, that the tripartite agreement, you know, the labor and the companies and the government, they agreed some on something in the last September. And... And then the deal is done, is gone. So basically, and as a president, she is now her fourth year of mm. the term. And there's a general election. You never know what's going to happen yeah. after the election. So the clock is ticking, and she's getting, I think, very impatient on that. It almost seems like there was a gamble putting so much capital, right. political right. capital, every week saying, we got to pass this, we got to pass this. And now if it falls apart... They are going to be probably in politically a bit of hot water. Mm-hmm. In your view, why do you think the agreement fell apart? I guess the conservatives would say, ah, FKT, you're being too greedy. You're making too many demands. But the other side will say the government's too stubborn in terms mm-hmm. of not giving any concessions. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you, as usual, both sides are pointing fingers at each other. And the government is already uh, angrily responded to, um, in the beginning, to cri- and criticize FKTU for walking out of the deal. And the Federation of Korean Trade Union, they made a case that uh, government actually attempted to revise the labor reform bill actually agreed in the last September without a full discussion with them. Um, but I think um, a lot of blame should go to the government uh, because they pushed hard unilaterally and also... Um, you know, they disclosed that the two items that the, uh, the FKTU and also t- labor, uh, trade unions uh, re- um, register the late December. I mean, late last year. Yeah. So it's, it's like you know, kind of what is that like a final surprise or something? But also, I have to say that well, FKTU also, I mean, they cannot avoid from getting criticized because government asked to meet uh, beforehand like 20 times I heard more than 20 times actually uh, but they refused to meet they said well there's no, not it is not necessary to meet whatsoever so well both have to get the blames yeah. but in this, this case well government may be pushed too hard without much, um, you know any room of negotiation the problem with this is that the blue house and the president have said look we're going to get this through no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Again, with right. spending all that political capital, uh, they've been pressuring the National Assembly Speaker, Cheng Yiwa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been trying to push very hard with this uh, framework. Uh, the nuclear option, basically making a unilateral push yeah. and just putting it in. Uh, th- that seems like uh, an option that no one would want to take, but... Is that actually something that could happen? Well, in principle, the government can do that under the name of the administrative guidelines. And I think they announced it already today they are going to do so. Um, well, because I don't think the government um, kind of gave, um, gave up on the hope that the FKTU is coming back to the negotiation table. Uh, and I'm kind of concerned about, you know, public opinion, um, and how it turned out. Maybe it can turn out against the government decision because it seems like it's way too unilateral. It has been unilateral so many cases and then it is big addendum again. And, you know, that's probably why that I have to talk about the 10 million 
people's petitions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like our president is pretty omnipresent, and she is in the blue house. She is in the legislature. She is in the, also in the grassroots movement. Okay, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe there's some backlash. Maybe people will just support it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're going to stay with unions for our third topic. The uh, Korea Teachers Education Workers Union. Um, d- they have been under a legal saga. They've been stripped now of their mm-hmm. legal status because of their final appeal uh, being lost. Is this the final nail in the coffin for KTU? KTU is going to appeal again. And, well, and they, they said that they bring the case to the Supreme Court. So we have to see how it is going to develop. Uh, but uh, it's quite a shock for KTU, but it does not necessarily mean that they lost uh, um, the legitimacy, uh, legitimacy as a union uh, for good or forever. Because if they follow and meet the guidelines the government suggested, then they can obtain the legal status back. Mm. So it's not like you know they are totally that. Okay, and so there, there's things that they can do. Now, as far as the court decision is concerned, and again, this gets such a politicized mm-hmm. kind of aspect, especially if you say, oh, well, uh, the KTU has a point, then, oh, then you're a, then you're a commie sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's volatile, but this argument, the KTU membership should extend to people who are no longer actually uh, active teachers. Uh, what do you say about that? Legally, um, I don't think judges have no other options to give that kind of ruling because uh, Constitutional Court of Korea last year gave a verdict that Article 2 of Teachers' Labor Union Law uh, that bans and dismissed the teachers from having union membership was constitutional. Uh, by the way, we have two different labor, labor law, union laws, uh, and one particular one is applying to the teachers' union. Um, so, I mean, that's, they are just following what the Constitutional Court said. Uh, so, and then, I'm not a legal scholar, so I cannot really okay. confirm uh, which is right, that decision is right or not, but I just say that sure. they follow the Constitutional Court decision. Uh, but I would like to mention that uh, if you want to appeal, then you have to go back to the article, hmm. if that is fair. And secondly, there are 60,000 members in the KTU, and nine members are no longer uh, teaching in the field. So I don't know. I mean, you have to do the math. Yeah, it, it seems like a technicality, and then yeah. you wonder why are they so aggressive against it. Again, you are a political expert. Talk about that, uh, the mm-hmm. idea that the government being right-leaning and the KTU being left-leaning, that this was really more of, a, I suppose, a, a political Witch hunt, I guess, which is what the supporters mm-hmm. of the KT would say. Unions inherently have to be left leaning. What do you expect? Right. And it's not government's job to punish a left leaning organization. After all, we are living in a society that where democracy is practiced and the freedom of speech and association should be guaranteed. Uh, one thing I feel really sorry and unfortunate about the trade unions in Korea is. In this country, among the public, somehow people think trade unions are troublemakers. Right. But, you know, this is the group who actively participated in the democratization movement, and also this is the group that someday many ordinary people need for their own protection in their working places. And then why do so many people in Korea have low tolerance on the labor unions and, and also in the protest by them? And I think that's because not many people are the members. Uh, there's um, some index indicating how many salary earning workers are the members of trade union um, uh, out of the whole uh, mem- uh, workers, which is called trade union density. And among the OECD countries, Korea's trade union density is bottom low. 
really mm-hmm. low, you know, around just 10 percent, uh, which is lower than the that of Mexico. The countries like uh, Sweden and Denmark, they have higher than the 60 percent. Wow. And Iceland, 80 percent. So just think about it. I mean, is it really a bad thing to be a member of trade unions? Yeah, it's it's a really, I suppose, a PR aspect. Uh, they yeah. have this image, uh, been known as troublemakers, they say, violent, radical, right. and, and all of that. But as you say, a country like Sweden, everyone wants to be like Sweden. Uh, yeah. you know, it's a much more higher labor participation force. Let's talk about our final story. We You, you mentioned the president being omnipresent. Uh, he's <laughs> omnipresent on this issue as well. Anti-terrorism legislation has been pending for decades now. In light of the terror attacks in Jakarta, this is ISIS now targeting... Asia, um, mm-hmm. genuine concerns of terrorism in South Korea? Indonesia, uh, for example, so where the Jakarta is located as one of the biggest Muslim countries in the world in size, and 88% of the population are Muslim. In Korea, the Muslim population is 200,000, is only 0.4% of total population. So if I'm under IS and Al-Qaeda, I don't really think South Korea is a very effective target to attack. But, of course, we have another uh, situation. I mean, we are facing North Korea, and technically we are still at war and has been constant threat to our national security. So in that sense, anti-terrorism bill can be thought of. But the question is, is our society is that vulnerable to the terrorist attack? And mm. at the same time, uh, is our civic society robust enough to control and watch over the institutions and governments conduct a due process uh, investigation based on that so-called anti-terrorist law? Then if I'm, let's say, paranoid and I've uh, stopped using Kakao and I download Telegram <laughs> and I think NIS is already spying on me, right. um, the, <laughs> if the new bills I feel can use be used by the government to even more infringe on mm-hmm. my rights. Is that wrong? Well, that's the, the point. I mean, the, no, the bill proposed so far, the, um, the main primary goal is this tablet uh, system under which NIS becomes a control tower. So NIS can preemptively access to civilian data, for example, like tracking IP address and wiretapping and the screening in cyberspace if necessary. So, it seems like we already been there, but, uh, well, maybe strengthen it again. So yeah. that's the primary point. Finally, then, uh, your opinion, can we find a middle ground? Can we protect our citizens but also protect our civil liberties? This is a really hard issue. Um, there's a thin line between get prepared for a possible terrorism threat and a human rights violation. So if someone asks you or tells you, um, uh, Henry, uh, we are under the terrorist threat, and uh, that may kill hundreds of people. So are you still opposed to the idea of preemptively screening things uh, which would prevent this from happening? So what, what do you say? It's really hard to say no. no. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really no. hard. So I think what is really needed and understood is uh, before getting anything controversial to be done by I- NIS, then NIS should gain public trust in the first place. I mean, for the past years, NIS was has been uh, in quite a scandalous in many yeah. ways. They did illegal civilian surveillance. They did illegal intervention of the presidential election, just name it. So, you know, just get the trust back first, and then maybe you can talk about the passage of the bill. 
It's exactly like the trade unions, but on the opposite side of the political aisle is there has just been some bad PR for yeah. this organization. And right. a lot of people just automatically assume that they're political meddlers and they're spying on you and they're trying to infringe on your rights when maybe they're trying to protect the country. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a difficult issue. Uh, Dr. Kim, as always, you always give us great analysis. We appreciate your time and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.